Welcome, welcome, welcome. Tuesday episode. We had a week off last week. Yeah, a little bit. Just uh, just some R&R, get caught up, some things. But now it's time to discuss the meaning of life. I, uh, I texted Connor, that's what I wanted to discuss today. Uh, this can easily be summed up by watching The Life of Brian from Monty Python. Connor, just not a Monty Python fan. Okay, got it. Got it. I do, yeah, admittedly, I do not get the reference. I'm sorry. <clears throat> well, you have homework now, apparently. Um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, free agency, XFL, boxing, because we were both watching the Tommy Fury Jake Paul fight. Did not pay for it. I will come out and say that. I'm not paying $50 to watch Jake Paul fight. No. I will watch it for free, not for 50 bucks. Yeah. Appreciate you sending right. me the link. Got you always. Uh, okay, we also have the combine coming up at the end of this week. We have a special guest from the University of British Columbia. This is our first T bird this week. It is. It's our first T bird ever. Uh, well, he's got big expectations. He's got a the weight of the school forever riding on his shoulders now in our eyes. That's how it works. We don't make the rules. We just follow them. If you're if you're a nice person, we like your school. Certain schools, <clears throat> Ottawa. N- nobody nice there. Maybe James Peter. About? Maybe James Peter. But we've about? talked to so many guys who aren't nice people. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Nobody nice comes from Ottawa except for James and That's Big a Z. Lie. I'll give I'll give Big Z a shout out. Coach Nate Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> Really, Coach, we, I don't think Coach we've had Taylor, too many schools with bad experiences. Maine, Ray. I know, that was, a, that was a funny episode. No, I'm just saying, uh, there aren't too many schools that we've had bad experiences with. But no. UBC will be put to the test this week as we have our first ever T-Bird on the podcast. Um, not at the Invitational Combine, though. So we'll, we'll, we'll let that sit. Um, all right. Thoughts on... Jake Paul? Uh, I texted you this yesterday. I'm happy he lost. I don't think he deserved to win at all. That was Fury's fight start to finish. However, Jake, what Jake Paul is doing for boxing right now, love him or hate him, what he's doing for boxing right now is, is undeniable. Boxing was at a point in the sport where if you were a fan of boxing, you were a fan of boxing, and if you weren't a fan of boxing, really, I mean, for our generation, not a whole lot of interest, I would say. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. Now, with Jake Paul or the Paul brothers coming into the fold, I think Jake's the better fighter, so I'll, I'll stick to Jake. But Logan's with, more WWE. So Yeah. With Jake Paul coming into the fold, I think he's a pretty decent boxer. But what he's doing for the sport of boxing right now is insane. He's pulling ridiculous pay-per-view numbers. People hate him, so they're going to watch in in hopes of him getting beat, right? So he is pulling attention, pulling eyes to the elegant dance that is the sport of boxing. And And I don't like Jake Paul at all, but I think he's doing good things to draw attention to a sport that was kind of at a standstill and needs more attention brought to it because boxing in its purest form is an incredible sport to watch. I agree. But I hate Uh, Jake Paul. Here's where I'm at. It's not good boxing. 
it is good promotion. Yeah. And where Jake Paul has made his money is by being, he's fighting nobodies. He's not fighting good boxers. No. Tommy Fury might be a good boxer. He's also 23 years old. Like, he's just coming into his own as a fighter. Like, look yeah. at Vasily Lomachenko. Before he turned into a pro, true, top 10 pound-to-pound fighter, Lomo's fighting Olympics and a ton of amateur fights, just gaining a knowledge, gaining reps under his belt, practice at his craft. Um, and Jake Paul is just kind of jumping the line and saying, yeah, I can pull num- numbers because I'm a public figure regardless of my actual boxing skill. And where I think this is beneficial, and I know people are like, oh, I'm done watching a Jake Paul fight. No, you're not. Get over yourself. Yeah. He's going to come out and promote something. It could be the rematch. It could be a different fight. The next time he fights a legitimate boxer, people are going to tune in because they say, well, maybe he can do this one. Maybe he can do the next. Now, when we get to three losses, four losses maybe, people start checking out because it's you're no longer going to climb the ranks. But if he has one loss... And he starts to actually fight other people and come back to it. He could he could very well be a central figure in the cruiserweight division. But uh, I, I think for the time being, bye-bye, Miss American Pie, Tommy Fury, through and through. I, I, I told you, it was uh, I had 6-2 as my rounds. I, I don't know. The last round, you can get the knockdown. But Tommy Fury also won the round through and through. To me, it was like Jake Paul landed a couple good shots. Yeah. But Tommy dominated the boxing match. You don't get a win for a knockdown. And we, we were talking about that. We were texting about that. Unless, unless everything is dead even. Yeah. You don't get a win. Wait, like, sorry. In, in the context of that fight, you no. don't get a win for a knockdown in that fight yesterday. Or I guess no, this because comes out it on wasn't, Tuesday, so Sunday night. But It wasn't a an even fight to begin with. And that's why when the one judge scored it for Jake Paul, I was like, what fight were you watching? Yeah. Are you just voting off the last round where it was even, he got a knockdown, and then Tommy Fury proceeded to belliger him with punches? Clearly. That landed? Like, yeah. <laughs> what fight did you watch, sir? Um, no, I also found it funny that Logan Paul was chirping from the uh, stands, as he does to to drum up content and get clicks and stuff. But uh, Logan, if your brother can't beat the baby of the Fury family, you think you're going to take the Gypsy King? Mm. Okay, keep, no. keep your keep your mouth shut, mind your p's and q's. Uh, next order of business: Are we talking XFL? Do we have to? Okay, so your opinion <laughs> is on the table. Uh, elaborate. I think the XFL stinks. It stinks. I think it's a cool concept that's been poorly executed. How so? Well, we had guys slipping all over the goddamn place in the Vegas game. And okay, okay. That's... My question to that is the grass actually dead, or is it one of the like types of grass that just turns yellow regardless of health? I don't know. Because that's a legitimate thing. Like the Ravens uh field is yellow after october until lambo lambo's the same way and they have to spray the grass but it's it's healthy grass yeah they just spray it so it looks green for tv purposes but again if you're going to do that you might want to test the footing of the surface beforehand and if there's rain in the forecast well 
I get that you want a good looking TV product, but maybe not the day to do it. I don't know. I, I think the pre COVID version of the XFL that we saw was much better football being played. Like, I don't think by any stretch of the means that this is good football being played either. And I saw, I think it was Naylor tweeted out something about, you know, the goal of the XFL is gradual growth over time. Right. But the, the, the state of the XFL right now for gradual growth, it, there needs to be a sustainable product. And I don't know if the caliber of football being played in the XFL lends itself to being a sustainable product. People aren't showing up to games. They're not getting TV numbers. The caliber of football sucks. Like, I, my my question is: Week one, we heard, give the quality of play some time. These guys haven't played in a while. Okay, fair. Week two, we did not see much of an improvement. I don't think we saw any. Like, maybe some teams showed improvement, but you can't run a four-team league. You need that back half involved. And for me, like, when I was talking with my dad about this, the first time we saw the XFL, well, sorry, the second time in 2020, they started with 3.3 million and then fell off a cliff and then continued to decline. This time, it's starting at 1.5 million. So if we follow the same trend, they're going to be doing lower numbers than the NHL and MLS and MLB games when they're in an unrivaled market, essentially with just <laughs> an NBA game or two on a, sorry, no one's saying unrivaled market. There are good NBA games, but they're not being played in the same time slots as XFL games. Yes. And like throwing a Thursday night game. I didn't even know there was a Thursday night game because ESPN happening. went from XFL starts this week. Here's the schedule. Here's the teams. Here's who you should choose for to nothing until oh here's aj mccarron talking about his kids after a comeback win oh so you really relied on espn to drum up social media content and push viewers towards your con our product and that wasn't as consistent as it was before week one so now what's the numbers going to look like? I tuned in for a quarter of a game on uh, Saturday and a quarter for a game on Sunday. And it was like white noise in the background because I'd watch a play and be like, this is awful. Yeah. Case in point, uh, Sunday night game, Arlington and Houston. By the way, uh, I don't know if he's listening. Jordan McDonald and I picked Houston in 2020 as our teams for the XFL. They still have not lost a game. I'd just like to point that out. Started with PJ Walker. Now Wade Phillips is leading the crew. Uh, but they had uh, Houston had back-to-back punt returns, fumbles. And both times, the forced fumble was very weak. Like, congratulations to the Arlington guy. It was a, like, you got the stat, you got the play, the recognition. But it was a weak forced fumble. Like, come on. And the quarterback plays brutal. I mean, we have Brett Hundley, who was a Packer in what 2015. Man, I don't remember. AJ McCarron, who played in Alabama in 2012, had minimal to no relevancy in the NFL. Yeah. 
I will say DeAndre Francois is the one intriguing quarterback because he's so young. Teamu had his shot after the first XFL. It didn't work out. He got pulled. Um, he got pulled the other night. And Danuch was on hard knocks. He had his <laughs> he had his shot. But Francois is the only guy that I'm like kind of curious about at quarterback. Yeah. And he blew. They got blown out last week. So I don't know. To me, I just I just don't think it's here for long. No. Which is unfortunate because it like you said, cool concept executed poorly. And I think the only thing that's going to keep this afloat is corporations pouring financial capital into it. But at what point do you say this is not a wise business decision for, say, Under Armour, who just became a corporate sponsor, Mm -hmm. to be pouring money in to support one of your main athletes in The Rock? Like, what are you gaining from it? Your jerseys look nice, but everyone knew you had a nice jersey. You just don't have an NHL contract. Wouldn't it be further ahead for Under Armour to look up north where they have an established league that will continue to be used? Just like, I would just saying. Yeah, no. And <laughs> the other thing, the other thing that I have a strong disdain for with the XFL right now, stop, I'm, I don't want to swear, stop playing in baseball, abandoned baseball stadiums. That's ridiculous. Absolutely asinine. The Arlington game, the Arlington home game looked so weird. That's in the old Rangers park, isn't it? Yeah. And And then, then, like, you have Seattle who's playing in Lumen Field. Yeah. So you get complete opposites on the spectrum, right? And Houston Houston had uh, the University of Houston Stadium. Yeah. But they only opened the lower bowl. And Vegas is playing in a parking lot. Literally, did you see the press box? Oh my god, dude! It was built out of scaffolding for those that did not see. And I, I, this is trash. The XFL hour. I, I am glad there are people covering it. Like Reed over at the Markcast does a great job doing it. Um, I, I want it to be good because I want you want football football. year round. Yeah, exactly. I want a product that I want to watch, but this is not that product right now. And they're already trying to save money where they can, like flying teams together oh that's oh my god like to me that you're already pinching your pennies and trying to make it work because you're pulling it out of bankruptcy i understand that but if you're already pinching pennies and it's not looking great where do you go from there you can't pare it down to less teams you already have eight i'd say that's a bare minimum for professional sports league could you imagine if Carlton and Ottawa both had a game respectively. Let's say like one team was playing Toronto, one team was playing York and the OUA went, okay, let's put Carlton and Ottawa on the same bus and ship them out to Toronto. Disaster. The week after the Panda game. Disaster. (laughs) Disaster. Or ship them home the week before the Panda. That'd be a fist fight in a phone booth. And I get it. Like DC and Seattle have way tougher commutes to get back to their home stadiums compared to uh orlando vegas arlington houston san uh san antonio like i understand but if you knew that was going to be an issue why not try to find a different venue so i know seattle did the best home numbers i think and dc had a really good following as well when they played in 2020 so you want to give those franchises back to the community but if it comes down to dollars and cents 
and keeping your league alive. It's a tough look. Oh, yeah. I, I had one more thing with the XFL. Yeah, oh. keep piling on. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I know what it was. How stupid would Tannenbaum have looked if the Argos had joined this? There would if he be... had bailed on the CFL to put them in the XFL. There would be outrage across the board. I, I don't know. I don't know if there would be outrage. I think there would just be a whole lot of we told you so's going around. And then the Argos would, well, in this hypothetical world, the Randy. Argos and Tannenbaum would be tail between their legs coming back to Toronto. Can we can we come Randy? Randy, yeah. spot. Instead, they make the wise decision to not pull shit like that. And now they're Grey Cup champions and they have an absolutely freaking loaded, loaded roster going R.I.P. Macbeth. R.I.P. Yeah. What? We haven't okay. talked about that one. Let's because you just brought it up. Let's talk about that right now. Oh, oh, okay, we're switching spring leagues in the states. We're now talking about the USFL, which is pushed by Fox, I believe. They're the main sponsor for that one. I don't know if it's if Fox it's does football like... better. This is the other. This is the other issue with the XFL. You have ESPN as your partner. ESPN, not <laughs> the worldwide leader in sports, is like it's like Stanford. They have the most collegiate programs, but they're not the best in any. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, yes and no. Well, I, do that. I, I think the basketball like... coverage is really, like their NBA, like primetime NBA coverage is really. Are you good. taking TNT or, NB- or ESPN? Oh, TNT all day. Exactly. ABC. I, I need even, Ernie Jones even, even CBC when you get Kevin Harlan going on the. CBS? Or sorry, yeah, CBS. CBC's Canadian. Even CBS when you get the tournament. Do you rather have ESPN or CBS where you get. Kevin Harlan and uh, Jim I Nance. Eagle. I don't want I Jim Eagle, Nance. I yeah. don't want Jim Nance anywhere near a microphone. He's done that for a while. Okay, uh, I know. I'm just like I'm forever salty about golf. The golf goes to CBS. Yeah, and the like PGA Football, coverage. We all phenomenal. we all agree that ESPN just had to pay out their ass to get Troy and Joe. Yes, and they're still not even the best crew because Greg Olson is lighting it up. I will say CBS with football okay, is okay, not okay. my ESPN. favorite. ESPN, you could argue college football because they have the playoff. But Fox college football gets Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. So they still have the better team, I think. I think Fowler and uh, Herbie are good. But Gus Johnson, come on. Give me a Gus Johnson big play any day of the week. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Spoken like a man whose conference is covered by Fox. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair. <gasps> yeah, okay, so yeah, Macbeth. I mean, like, whatever. I get it. I get it. I get the decision. I mean, when your when your partner is an executive producer and writer for Marvel. <laughs> Do you need money? No, absolutely not. Um, and he gets to be closer to his family, closer to home. So like, closer I get home. I get all of his reasons. I get all of his reasons, obviously, as a, as a CFL fan. And you too, I imagine somebody who just watched him. 
it you know, sucks. Take the reins of the CFL and win a great cup. Yeah, it sucks. Like, Here's the thing that it sucks about though, is Macbeth finally got some recognition for being a good quarterback. Yeah. And even at that, like, it was like half-assed recognition because people are like, oh, well, Chad Kelly actually won you the Grey Cup. Which, okay, but yeah. I, I don't know if he did. Chad Kelly made passing. like one real nice run and like threw one completed ball that was crucial. <laughs> Macbeth led everything until he broke his hand or finger, whatever it was. Yeah, like he physically um, couldn't grab a football. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was the thing for me. I'm like, okay, so you, you finally are getting your flowers. And it's like backhanded. And then you say, you know what? I have an opportunity to go play at home. I'm 36. I'm almost done my career. I just want to play in front of my friends and family. And maybe that's it. Maybe he plays I one. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get two USFL seasons, but maybe he plays this USFL <laughs> season. This is the second season already. Oh, right. Yeah. See, I watched a lot of USFL last year. Um, <laughs> so maybe, maybe he plays one season in the USFL says, you know what, that this is how I'm riding off into the sunset in front of my friend's family, plays the year, finishes the year, finishes his career. I, I think that might be the trajectory of it, um, which, fine, I, I respect and I understand all of that decision-making. I, I totally get it. Uh, just as a CFL fan, I'm like, ah, I wanted to see what he could do again this year. Would he be able to run it back with this absolutely – phenomenal roster that the Argos have now collected but where do you think this leaves the Argos like what do you what are your expectations for Chad Kelly this year because we haven't seen we've seen flashes but we haven't seen him need to take over a role like this now he's the guy and we've heard Dinwiddie come out and say he wants more out of Kelly I've set my expectations low third in the east to Ottawa, who's going to win the East. Yeah, listen to that. And then Bo Levi's going to have some, like, early season dominance where he's just fresh as hell and goes on a massive streak. Yeah. And the Argos will be cl- – they'll have to be second or third in the East um, and then bounce in the first round of the playoffs. Really? With that defense? With yeah. the defense they've now accumulated? No, maybe they'll make it back to the Eastern Conference. I think Ottawa's winning the East this year. Ah, it's a bold take. But you heard it here first. Let me let me go see if there's odds up on this. If, if gonna... you were if you were Toronto in this situation, and obviously we're just playing arm armchair GM here, so we know absolutely nothing. Uh, but if you're if you're Toronto in this situation, would you have brought in Dane Evans? Or do you think that just places too much in the back of Kelly's mind, like I, I don't know if Dane is the way to go, given his. I don't. I. I think Dane's a great fit in BC, and I don't think Hamilton would want to send him to Toronto. No, certainly um, not. So for me, I'm kind of like, okay. Let's get him out west. And for honestly, for Toronto, I would try to go and get a Dom Davis. Go and get someone that you know has been around the league who can be serviceable. But, you know, if Chad Kelly's your guy, Chad Kelly's your guy. Macbeth made that choice. I think uh, 
I think you have to ride with it. Back your guns up. If you have that good of a defense, you got Andrew Harris back, you have good receivers, let him play. Go and get a, just a backup, a vet backup who can help him transition to the CFL. Yeah, okay. I, I like that. Here's another back hypothetical backup that I want to throw out there that I think might actually be pretty decent fit or could be, could have been. What about a guy like the Dakota Prukop to back up Kelly? Yeah, did Prukop not go south of the border though? Yeah, no, I'm just saying like hypothetically in this situation, take, like I'd a guy Pru- like Prukop would would fit. But yeah, I think he did. I'd take I'd take Prukop. Uh another guy I would take, but I don't think he's available is Caleb Evans. Just because you know that there's like he could get hot and have a two game stretch, three game stretch if Chad Kelly has a minor injury. Where you're like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we can just run the piss out of the ball with Caleb Evans, take some shots when we need to, and and squeak out a win. Like a, I don't know, like a 17 to 10, 17, 13 win, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want a wedge quarterback, though. That's why I said Dom Davis and <laughs> Caleb Evans. Um, even Prukop is a, is a good wedge, but I just would not want Chad Kelly. If I know that I don't have that solid backup, like we had with Kelly and Macbeth, that I'm I'm getting a wedge quarterback, bring him in and just rock. But Chad Kelly is now officially, well, not officially, but basically all but officially the starting quarterback of the Toronto Argonauts. I think he's going to be exciting. I think there's definitely potential there for him to be an exciting quarterback. I just, and you brought up Caleb, Evan, Caleb Evans, I just don't want to see him turn into Caleb Evans. And that's not, I guess it's a little bit of a shot, but like, a guy that's given all the opportunity in the world, but just can't quite rise to the occasion or rises to the occasion and then drops off and then rises back up and drops off again. Cause that's kind of what Caleb Evans did last year. Granted, it was a tough situation, but he was after Masoli went down, they said, okay, oh. you're the guy, right? Like, wait, wait, here's the best hypothetical. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? Ring, 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 ring. Hi, Chris Jones. This is uh, the Toronto Argonauts calling. Wow. You're going to go there. You uh, you re-signed Taylor Cornelius to a pretty hefty contract this offseason. What are you uh, thinking about Trey Ford? Is he available? I, wow. I'm making an offer. I'm doing, if I'm the Argos, why not? Why not? You want the names. You want the recognition. Go and get the Canadian star quarterback that's left. He may not be a star at the pros, but if he's a backup in Edmonton, they're not going to offer a King's ransom. I mean, they just traded a first-round pick for Woodley Apollon because Chris Jones loves linebackers that can run sideline to sideline. <laughs> they're missing a first-rounder. Go and offer it. Say, uh-huh. you didn't You didn't want to go back to Trey after Taylor Cornelius finished this year. What will it take? Can we get him? Bring him in. And then you know what? He's at least in Toronto if – or if Chad Kelly is not the guy you think he is because you get an actual sample size instead of a half of a gray cup, then <clears throat> you have Trey Ford. And if Trey Ford can play out and he's in Toronto where the league's eyes, ears are always glued to, you're just making a recipe for success for your, for your franchise in the big market. I'm intrigued. I am very intrigued by that. Why not? Yeah. No, they don't have Juwan Breskison anymore, but like 
some of the tall receivers that they have, the ability they have to run the ball with uh, AJ Olette and Andrew Harris. Yeah. Put them both in the backfield. Give me Trey Ford and let's rock. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You can go 22 with two backs, Andrew Harris, AJ Olette. Either one's going to block for the other because they're massive human beings. Yeah. And then just run the hell out of the ball. Go 31 if you want. I don't care. Yeah. Wow. 31 no, with really a nub. Like close off the field. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, and like, then, if Trey yeah. Ford's going to sit there in Edmonton unused because they like the inconsistency of Taylor Cornelius, let's call a spade a spade. If they really love the inconsistency because the ceiling is so high, even though the floor is in the seventh ring of hell, then let's let's go and get him. He's just going to sit there, expire yeah. his rookie contract, and then what? He'll pick a team that he that wants him to play or try to want him to play. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. And, I mean, again, very small sample size because of the injury, but Trey Ford showed that he has the tools to potentially be successful at the CFL level. I'm not going to say to be successful because, again, very small sample size that we saw from him last year. And I think – that shoulder injury was just kind of, it, it was very unfortunate, but again, it was a little bit of a welcome to the CFL. This is how hard we hit. And it's a little bit harder than the Waterloo Warriors and the OUA caliber of linebackers that he was facing. Right. But I think that based on what we saw out of Trey Ford, he has a lot of tools that would make him a very interesting quarterback in the CFL. And he marched into, he marched into Hamilton and won Edmonton their first game of the year. Still wasn't a home game. Sorry, Elks fans. <laughs> yeah. It was a home game for Trey Ford almost. Hey, speaking of home games for the Elks, did you see what they did with their ticket sales like a month, month and a half ago? Brilliant. Uh, so for those Brilliant. who didn't, you can buy a dirt cheap season ticket. Yep. And it's like, what, 20 bucks, 25 bucks? Yeah. For all the games until they win a home game or something like that? Yep. Hell Yeah. Bring it Brilliant. on. Watch, they're going to win their first home game and Victor's going to be laughing to the bank. But um, you have a season ticket until they can win a home game because they know they want the attendance. They want to fill Commonwealth. Yeah. So if they can fill it with cheap seats until they get a home victory, go for it. I, and I I really like as, as unfortunate as everything that's been going Edmonton's way over the last few seasons has been. Edmonton at one point was a staple franchise of the CFL and and I really like what they're doing as a collective with the Elks right now, the management you mentioned, Victor, but they're trying to make football fun again in Edmonton. They're trying to bring it back to what it was. They're trying to bring the green and gold back to its glory. And we need, and not to say that there's not, but it's, it's amazing to see people doing that at the CFL level. And I think, you know, we're seeing that growth across the country. Look at what the BC Lions are doing with Amar Doman and like even the the OSEG group doing all the things that they're doing, getting involved on social media, making docu-series, letting, letting their talented producers of, of Joshua O'Connor <laughs> make docu-series. And I, I like the, well, I'll say technological and social boom that we're seeing the CFL as of recent. Mm -hmm. Me too. Free Trey Ford. Close the episode. <laughs> Get him away from the man in black. Oh, 
Good oh, old man. Emperor Jones. Unlimited power. <laughs> what? Yeah. What is that going to build into as like an on-field product? I don't know. Like to me, I just with the inconsistency shown by Taylor Cornelius, is it we know you're here, but why paying the the high money? Like, did you think that someone else would pay that much for Taylor Cornelius in this rotunda of quarterbacks that we saw this year? Like Fajardo, Harris, uh, VA, Dane. You're telling me that you had to pay Cornelius that much cash? Because why? I Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess they liked what they saw, but I, I don't think you need to are needed to pay him that much money or you could have sample size you could have waited and then gotten went out and gotten well i guess they wouldn't have brought back trevor if you had no but you could have gone and got fajardo you could have traded for dane evans you could have inquired about signing va since he waited until free agency hit to resign i think yeah i believe Uh, it was a week he was he was an extension yeah he was an extension okay yeah so you could have got va you still could have got dane or Fajardo or could have tried to make a run at Bo. Yeah. There's, there's different quarterbacks that you could have made a move at. Um, I don't know. I just feel like I Trey am, Ford's not getting a fair shake and listen to that Connor. I am supporting Trey Ford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not often that, not often that you do. Um, I'm also a little bit, I know I tweeted out a couple weeks ago now that, Edmonton's wide receiver room is stacked, is getting stacked. I think I will redact that statement now because it looks like they are not going to come to terms with Darrell <laughs> Walker. Yeah, weird, weird, weird. Um, and you lose Kenny Lawler. You replace him with Stephen Dunbar Jr. But it will be <sighs> an interesting year for the Edmonton Elks and Taylor Cornelius. It would be. But on that note, do we have anything else to mention? Yes. I do want to take some time here at the very end of this episode. A friend of the podcast, somebody who's been on the podcast, um, Jamin Pally, we just want to take a second to, you know, give him our thoughts, send our condolences. He's going through a very, very, very difficult situation right now. He just lost his youngest daughter, there is a GoFundMe account set up for him and his family as well. So even Which if will it's be a, in the uh, description for the episode this week, even if it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, fifty cents, whatever you have, whatever you're able or willing to contribute, um, we ask that you please at least consider it. We're not asking you to contribute, but at least please consider it. This is if you can't and, if you can't financially contribute. Thoughts, prayers, everything, uh, I'm sure, is more than uh, appreciated by the family. Um, just a really tough situation to go through, uh, losing a child like that. Absolutely. Um, so our our thoughts, condolences are with Jamin and his family. Um, bit of a somber note to end the episode on, but uh, it, we thought it was very, very important for us to kind of share our thoughts we've had him on the episode we're big fans of of jay men's and we really think highly of him 